Hello and welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manuel Galarza. I'm going over the full card recap here for UFC Vegas 29. That's Dan Ige versus the Korean Zombie, which just wrapped up a few moments ago. I'll start with the main card and then work my way up, uh, work my way, sorry, back through the prelims. So starting off with the main event, which was Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. This was kind of a one-sided fight. There was no real exciting moments. No one got hurt, though they both landed some good shots. Um, overall, the veteran Korean Zombie just got some back position for two rounds pretty much the bulk of the end of the fifth round and a good portion of i think it was the third or fourth round he had back control he had the only takedowns of the fight so uh dan Ige did shoot at the end he did try to get some takedowns but those were reversed and then chan sung jung ended up being on top um when the korean zombie was on top he didn't do a lot in the bottom but he had position control um when they're on their feet i thought his his jab was nice that was probably one way that the Korean zombie looked a little better on the feet. His jab was good. But again, no one got hurt. Now, one little just side note. If you watch the fight, you know what I'm talking about. But if you didn't, and you just, just listen to this recap, when Dan Ige came into the, the octagon initially, when he first steps in, he looked like one of his eyes, like below the eye, had like some subtle bruising that he was recovering from. Like I ran right to his topology to see the last time he fought. And if you remember the last time he fought, it was just like a two two three second knockout of his opponent so he didn't get hit in that fight but man it looked like he had just been hit recently in that eye things happened in training it ended up not really being that much of a factor but that same eye ended up being an eye that looked a little swollen towards the end of the fight uh top to bottom the korean zombie got the w we were on the korean zombie here um you know pre-fight in terms of any prop bets we didn't have any prop bet suggestions this was just simply a, you know a pick the fighter you want to you want to be on I thought that at 105 pre-fight, I'm watching about a week ago, plus 105, the Korean Zombie was good value. So we got him. He pulls off a pretty dominant win for Danny Gates, like back to the drawing board. All right, let's move on down to the co-main event. That was Sergey Spivak versus Alexei Olenek. And there was a moment in this fight, if you had any money on Alexei Olenek or you were pulling for the old man, there was a moment there in the, like, the second round where he had kind of almost a choke and they go to the ground. And at some point, you start seeing Sergey squirm a little bit. And listen, I'm watching it. I was, I was like glued to the monitor, thinking, I, you know, I put a little, I put a little prop, you know, a little sprinkle on Alexei Olenek getting a submission. Everyone probably did that this week. But anyway, fortunately for Sergey, he's able to just move for a big guy. He's fairly athletic on the ground. He kind of squirms, does like a scorpion twist out of it. So that was the only moment in the fight that Alexei Olenek really had a chance. Now, the judges, I think two judges gave a round to Alexei Olenek. I think that was really generous. I, I thought Sergey won the striking exchanges for all three rounds. In the third round, Sergey had top control. Um, so I just don't see where Alexei won anything. Maybe it was just a matter of respect. But in terms of Sergey, how he looked, he didn't look great. Um, he did cut Alexei in the third round with a punch on the side of the head. But, you know, he couldn't put the old man out of there. This guy turns 44 in a few days. So for Sergey, we'll see who he matches himself or who they match him up with next. But I wasn't super impressed. We did choose Sergey win the fight. He was a popular parlay piece. It ends up pulling through. Um, and, you know, pre-fight, he was about minus 240. So it worked out. That ended up being about the right number. I could tell you, if this was like, you know, 15 years ago for Alexei Olenek, he probably would beat Spivak because it wasn't very impressive for Spivak. 
All right, let's move on down to Marlon Vera versus Davy Grant. This fight was interesting. Um, we were on Grant pre-fight. I thought the uh, plus 170 had some value on it. After round one, I was feeling pretty good. Davy was like very athletic. He was moving in and out. He had the striking advantage, I believe. Um, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize. But I believe after round one, he had the striking advantage. So, you know, he looked good in round one. Round two... He started getting tagged a little bit, has some redness on his face. Um, I think he gets a good takedown. Yeah, he gets a takedown, and he has top control for a good deal of time. Longer than what he ended up being on the bottom. So, like, if you could imagine this, second round's kind of even. He goes ahead, you know, he's on top of Vera here for a good amount of time on the bottom, on the top in the second round. Then he ends up getting reversed, but it's towards the end of the round. And so, you know, Vera's on top of limited amount of time. He does throw a few strikes. You're kind of wondering at that point, did the judges think that was enough to give him the round? So, like, after two rounds, you know, you could theoretically think it might be two rounds to nothing, Davy Grant. You're not sure. Uh, but round three, Marlon comes out and just dominates the round, dominates, you know, ground position. You see Davy is slowing down, backing up. So, you know, if it was 1-1... Round three was a decision maker. I thought, you know, Marlon just looked like the much better fighter in round three. He was trying submissions on the ground. He was active. And so, yeah, the, the, the Davy Grant I saw in round one, if he had, you know, obviously it's a big if, but if he had the ability to fight more like that into round two and round three, maybe we have a closer fight. But he blew his water in round one. He was quick, athletic, landing strikes. Didn't look like he was ready. And we talked a little bit about how he owns a restaurant talked about pre-fight how Marlon Vera is like very motivated guy motivated guy this is his main you know source of income um, not like Davy Grant who's an entrepreneur owns a restaurant and so there was some moments there I think in round two round three where I was looking at them on the mat on the mat and thinking to myself whoever has the more heart here is going to pull this victory out and you just saw it from Marlon Vera he had more heart he dig deeper you know he went to that dark place that these athletes will talk about to pull out a win so happy for him um Kind of disappointed that I didn't pick him to win now because it was a nice win and he was a minus 215. It was warranted and I took a stab there on Grant. Yeah, yeah, bad pick, bad pick. All right, let's move on down here to this fight. Now, this one right here, I'm not kidding. I'm just getting some film stuff ready. I'm getting my notes in order to do the post-fight film. And I turn for a second and Sung Woo Choi is starching Julian Rosa. I'm like, is this like a, a replay of a different fight? And I look closely, and I'm like, no, that's a Rosa just getting bodied. So, yeah, first round, Sung Woo Choi. You know, this kid's pretty good, man. Like, number one, don't don't label him with the Far East Asian fighter, you know, hasn't fought competition. People out there were saying this week that he could knock out a Rosa because that's one of a Rosa's issues, his chin, and that he likes to swing. That's a Rosa. Rosa's like, I'll go in there. I'll swing with anybody. Well, when he swings, he tends to leave his chin wide the hell open. That's what happened. Sung Woo Choi folded him up like a cheap suit and ended the fight pretty quickly. It barely got started. Um, yeah, man. So we were on Sung Woo Choi pre-fight. The minus 150 probably was a good value now looking back because he just dominated the fight. You do wonder what would have been like if it went to a round two or round three. But I guess it was a matter of time because it, everyone was talking about it. Uh, well, not everyone, but a lot of... Good handicappers out there were talking about this week. You know, Arosa exposes his chin. You know, Sungwoo Choi's got some striking striking power, got some power in his hands, and that's what ended up happening. So not much more to report. We did choose Choi to win, so that was nice. 
Had him as a straight up bet. Had him in some parlay pieces too. So that was nice. All right. Moving on down to Silva versus Terman. All right. So this fight right here, you know, ends up being, you know, at first when I'm watching the fight, I thought like Terman was doing decent. You know, I thought, hey, man, people, I, I was on Silva pre-fight. I thought, you know, he comes in here. He's got some power. There were questions, hadn't fought in a long time and whatever else. We went all that in the pre-fight. But, you know, I thought there was bigger questions about Terman and his layoff and some of the issues that he was dealing with outside the, the octagon. The fight starts. It looks like it's pretty much even. And I guess since I wanted Silva to win, like in my heart, I got that feeling of like, oh, well, I think, you know, I think Terman's kind of winning. Well, lo and behold, you know, freaking Silva just starches this guy. Basically, what's happening is Terman's on his back and he's blocking blows, but Silva's landing some good ones. And Terman doesn't like adjust a lot. He's like, oh, whatever. You see, he's kind of like shrugging off these punches, but they're kind of hard, you know? And then that one lands. You know, when the guy's like doing the blocking, whatever, and then the one punch lands and the guy goes dead. Like, you know, everything just drops. Like, no, there's no more blocking now. He's laying his head on the back of the mat. So, yeah, you saw when. Um, when uh when that one punch lands right there from Silva and that was it. So for Silva, it's a nice win. First UFC fight came in here off of a very long layoff and he had his issues outside the octagon too. But he kinda lives up to the hype. And for Terman, that's too bad. I saw a lot of momentum, a lot of money coming in, a lot of people supporting him, you know, talked about his ground game, his wrestling. I was drinking some of that Kool-Aid pre fight. I'm not gonna lie to you, but we did go ahead and choose Silva. Now, I, I also want to say in this, because I want to give full disclosure, I'm not going to bullshit anybody. I did not bet on this fight. It was strictly that we said if we had to choose who's going to win, it was Silva. But we did not feel comfortable betting because we weren't sure what to expect. And that was kind of unexpected, right? First round, just boom, take TKO'd his butt right away. So anyway, let's move on down to the first fight of the main card. And that was... Man, this was a disappointing fight here if you wanted Diego Lima to win, which that would be me. So, yeah, Diego Lima fighting against Matt Brown. The fight, I believe Diego won round one, and I believe he was on the verge of winning round two. So this makes it an even harder pill to swallow when you consider, I thought Lima would win, so that's the first boo-boo. I parlayed Lima on a few parlays, so that's the second boo-boo. Um... And the third boo-boo was underestimating the 40-year-old's power. I mean, if they fought five fights, right, five total fights, and see what we saw just happen in this fight. If they fought five fights, how many times in those five fights would Matt Brown possibly hurt Diego Lima, maybe even TKO him? I think after this fight, you would say maybe two times out of five, right? You know, if they fought that many times, five times, he would probably do it two times out of five. And then maybe two times out of five, Lima would win a, a, like a close decision. And then maybe that one other time out of five, it would just be like some kind of split decision or draw. So now looking back at the way this fight ended, I, I didn't give Matt Brown enough respect, and I definitely gave Lima too much respect. I will say there were some handicappers out there who did say, listen, Lima, man, he's the guy you don't want to parlay. He's going to ruin your parlays. Don't you know, don't bite on that. What minus one seventy seven? He he was pre fight. Yeah, I made that mistake. Um, I did have some second guessing going on. I did throw some small little stuff together pre fight right before the fight. Like I did put Matt Brown by KO, 
in some small parlays with some Major League Baseball trophy that all works out tonight. Still pending. Um, but yeah, man, the old man, right after he won the fight, he, he looks into the camera and says, you know, hey, not bad for a 40-year-old man, right? Good for him. He looks like he was in good shape, and he lives to fight another day. He, he said he wants to keep fighting. He enjoys fighting. So, hey, man, awesome, awesome. So, all right, that takes care of the main card. We'll move on down here to the uh, prelims. All right, for the main event of the prelims, it was Nick Nicomoreno versus Alexa Camor. This went the distance. The guys traded blows. It was like a Rocky movie in there. Guys' heads were snapping back and forth. They both got tired at times. I give Nick a lot of credit. He took some shots that maybe would at least put some guys to their knee. He just kept moving forward. He had the damage on his face. It went to the scorecards, and it, it honestly could have gone either way. It was a split decision. I think Nick did just a little bit more. There was no takedown aspect. Neither guy got in the ground. It looked like Kamor wanted to get the fight to the ground once or twice, late second, third round, but couldn't get the takedown. He kind of got tired. And that was a factor because I felt like if Alexa Kamor Alexa could have been a little bit better and a little bit busier and just have a little more of a gas tank in the second, third round, he could have done more, could have been, you know, just, just been clear on the scorecards. Now, there was a moment in the third round where Nick was getting warned for putting his hands in the cage, and he did it several times. There were several times when the referee just didn't see it, and he got away with it. And then there was two occasions where the referee comes in and actually smacks his hand like he's being a bad boy, like, bad boy, get out of the cage. And this went on, I think there was at least four warnings from the referee. On that fourth warning, the referee stops to fight, and I'm thinking... Yes, you know, I got Alexa Kamor on my prediction. I'm like, I think he's going to win this fight, whatever, whatever. He was a minus 265 favorite, and I was warned by a lot of good handicappers out there. Well, the referee turns and tells, you know, uh, Nick, hey, I've warned you several times, uh, you know, and doesn't take a point. And if you just, just a little rewind here, when the fighters are in the locker room, when they're actually pre-fight, they get this whole Miranda rights from the ref. The ref goes over the things they can't do. Like, obviously, you know, you can't bite. You can't, you know, hit somebody in the groin. All the things that are just off limits. So when that third warning happened and the second time the referee smacks his hand into the cage, I'm not like, why did he take the point? So a little weird there, but that decision or non-decision to take the point ultimately decided the outcome because it was a split decision. So in any case, for Nick, you know, good for him. He gets the dub. It's a decision. I know a lot of people were assuming that Kamor was going to win, so a little bit of surprise. All right, let's move on down here in the card to uh, a women's bout. And, man, v Verna Janjanova versus Kanako Murata. I didn't expect Janjanova to come out and look so... Like, she was sharp on her feet. She was landing jabs. She was coming in and out. She was agile. She was, you know... She gets so much hype for her submission game, and she's Brazilian, and, you know, she's had some submissions in her past, but boy, she looked sharp. She looked good on her feet, and that was it, because for Kanako, she couldn't close a distance. She is a shorter fighter. You know, I assume pre-fight, and my prediction was that, you know, Murata was close a distance, wrestle her down, and, and be able to, you know, get some advantage there. And there was a window, so I'll tell you about that window in a second. But overall, just really want to hype up Janjaroba for a second. She looked amazing on her feet. If you had bet on her or if you were favoring her or just picking her or whoever you were who was on her, 
you know what I'm talking about. As soon as the fight gets going, she's like, wow. So first round goes by, and Janjanova pretty much looks like she's dominating, you know, the, the striking in the first round. But at some point in the first round, a window opens. Janjanova just welcomes guard. She's got her back on the, on the fence. She just welcomes guard and falls to the ground. And now Kamako goes on top, and I'm like, that's exactly what we talked about in the prediction show. That sometimes these Brazilian or BJJ type of, like, that's what they want to do. They don't realize you can't just go to your back at times, especially in that situation. There was no need for it. They were just both on their feet. She welcomes it on her back. Now, that's one philosophy. I thought that was the window for Kamako. Kamako does land some punches. At that point, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I thought Kamako was winning the fight. I thought she would ground and pound and wrestle. She's down there. But in the process of doing that, you don't realize it in the first time you're looking at the fight. In the process of doing that, Verna Janjanova either breaks her arm or dislocates her arm. And you're not sure right away. There were some submission attempts, some armbar attempts, and you see Kamako just keeps putting herself in position to get submitted. She keeps you know, playing with the fire, um, and Verna does her job and eventually breaks the armor or dislocates it because in the second round, when Kamako Murata comes out, you can notice there's some kind of swelling on the rear, on the rear of the elbow, almost like a dislocated type of swelling. Um, but something clearly is wrong. Her arm is sort of hanging. She's not using it, not throwing a single punch with that, that left, I think it's left arm. She just holds it there the entire round. Man, she's tough. She goes through the entire second round, is able to somehow fend off Verna by just one hand jump, jabbing, one hand jabbing, just keeping a distance. Her eyes really puffy, you know, so her eyes puffing up and closing. She comes to the corner after the second round. The doctor comes out, looks at her arm, and he's like, yeah, yeah, Aladdin, this is over. So I hope she's okay, but I'll be honest with you, even if she doesn't sustain that injury, man, Verna was a whole different level above, looked great. Again, if you were on Verna to win, awesome. <laughs> I wasn't, so I learned tonight. I saw a different gear in her, and we'll see what happens next. We'll see who she gets. You know, that'll be interesting. So, all right, let's move on to... Chaos Williams versus Matt Semmelsberger. This one right here came down to just one thing. Matt Semmelsberger did not push the pace. Chaos did some stuff that you you just didn't see coming in. No one said pre-fight, yeah, Chaos is going to like outstrike him, push tempo, have a few flurries, land more strikes, and win a decision. If somebody said that pre-fight, you'd be like, well, that's not that has nothing. That's not what he does at all. What do you mean? I'm going to say this, though. If you can watch the fight in, in, in slow motion, and I haven't, so I'm not saying I'm going to do that either because that's I don't have time for that nonsense. But a lot of those flurries that Chaos threw, and you know what I'm talking about you saw the fight. A lot of the flurries he threw, a lot of those punches just missed. They were just either being blocked or whatever. But Matt Semmelsberger, bad body language, is backing up, not really returning fire. In the second round, Matt Semmelsberger had a few, like, Jab punched crosses in the middle of the ring. Looked good, clean. Did it again in round three. The entire fight was on the feet. So Matt Semmelsberger never got to make it like a clinch, grapple, like ground game. That I thought might happen a little bit. You know, Chaos showed something different. She, he threw some leg kicks. I'll say this. He came in throwing these like George Foreman, like <laughs> uppercuts, like some type of like robotic. I mean, the announcers were saying, I'm not sure which one it was, was saying like, Oh yeah, look how look how quick he's coming in and look how fast his hands were. I didn't think his hands were that fast. I thought he looked pretty robotic and I thought Matt Semmelsberger was being too cautious. It's like Matt was fighting a five round fight instead of fighting a three round fight. So at the end Matt did a few little things, but yeah, you know, he got a small cut in the bridge of his nose that was early on. 
maybe he felt some of the power and just got intimidated, but very passive uh, effort there by him. Kind of a shame. I was on him to win, so but Chaos won the fight. You know, he was he was a minus one fifty favorite. It was a close fight. Um, you know, and and yeah, what was that fight? What was that decision? A split decision? What was the result on that? Let me look at that here. Give me a second here. That no, else unanimous, unanimous decision for Chaos, and as it should have been, as it should have been. All right, all right. Let's move on down here to the next fight, and that was the heavyweight fight. I'm not going to waste much time in this fight. Very boring. Both guys kind of sloppy. Parisian looks slow. Um, even though he gets a split decision win right here, you still know the dude has cardio issues. You still know that he has no knockout power. You still know he's not a top contender. And he'll just be he'll just be some meat in the division for some other guys to peck on and beat up and take advantage of. So, you know, for Martinez, I thought he came out early on in the fight. Looked really good first round. I, I was already, like, first round... I'm looking at the live bets and thinking, all right, the live bet scenario for a bet on Martinez is available. I'll take it. And I did. I went ahead, a little bit of panic because I know I had Parisian and some in parlays. So I did a little panicking, did some hedging, and placed some emergency bets on Martinez to win. And that's when he was like minus 250. So I parlayed him on a few things. And he just looked that much better in the first round. He actually landed some elbows in round one, definitely stuns Parisian. And pretty much by the end of round one, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going round two for Parisian. We know he's he's got gas issues. But he, he just kind of hung in there round two. He landed some strikes. Martinez landed some strikes. I think Martinez wins round one, more clinch time, lands a few more punches. I think Parisian wins round two. He gets, you know, a little more clinch time. He lands a few more punches. And then round three, it's just like who, I guess, lands a few of the better exchanges. If one of the judges was thinking that, they like the Parisian was landing a few jabs because there was a few moments there in round three where it was like Parisian had another gear. Like he got a little jolt of energy because he was light on his feet and he was landing some jabs and they were clear. So that was nice. You know, that looked good. And you kind of felt like, all right, you know, I, I guess, hey, man, he, he's he's got it. You know, like he, he's going to have the distance. He's got he's tagging him. Um, but ultimately, it was still super close, man. It could have gone either way. And so. Anyway, I'll just put a bow on this real quick. Um, super boring fight, you know, for Parisian. Parisian, Again, he's going on to whoever he's going to face. If it's anyone decent and they take him anywhere in his deep waters of the late second round. Matter of fact, no. Just take this dude to the late first round because he just doesn't have much gas. He's lucky he got this win. They interviewed him after the fight. And when they asked him about, you know, how he felt and did you think he was confident about the decision? He was like, uh, no. <laughs> and he was like, the, the guy asked him some questions like, oh, you know, he, he seemed like he landed some punches, whatever, because you could see it on his face. And the guy was like, he looked like he landed some punches on you. And Parisian's like, yeah, like against the cage, man, he had me clinched. And he was just like beating me in the head. I'm like, oh, my God. So you're consciously knowing that was going on and not defending it properly. So, yeah, I don't know what to make here. He was a minus 137. That was, I guess, about right because it could have gone either way. Um my boy MMA Lawton, he was on Martinez. And when that fight broke out, I'm thinking, damn it, my boy. You know, Manpreet, he's, he's so good with this stuff. He's on it. So, But it was early on Martinez. And then who would have thunk goes late on and goes on to Parisian. What everyone did know is that it would go to the distance. And it did. So very underwhelming fight. All right. Let's move on down here to the second card. Uh, second, second card. Second fight on the card. And that was a little bit of a shocker. Ricky, my buddy Ricky Bobby Glenn versus Jaqueen Silva and um, or Jaqueem Silva. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. So 
You know, if you looked at Jaquim Silva's recent fights, you know that he got just like mollywop by Nazrat Hockprast. And that happened two years ago. So you're like, ah, you go into this fight thinking, oh, well, it was a you know one-time thing. He doesn't really have a record of getting knocked out. But you know how that is, right? When you get knocked out one time, it's like a nine lives thing, right? If you're a fighter, you have a certain amount of lives. There's like a certain amount of cartridges there on the knockout list. And every fighter over time, except for maybe Nate Diaz, because he's like got a whole different level of nine lives, right? But most of the time, like there's only so many times you can get your clock cleaned, even if with the even with recovery time before, hey, it becomes a problem. Or maybe in some cases for some fighters, gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself here, but the Klitschko brothers, right? I'm not sure which one it was, but they both had chin issues, chin issues. But the one, maybe the younger one I was, like, good Lord, if you just touched him with like a little bit of a jab, dude would fold. It happened against one of the fights he was in. He never was the same, never could take a fight. Um, you, I mean, never could take a punch again. Was just, And that looked to be the case here when with, with this dude, Silva. Silva comes in here. He just get, he gets rocked, like right off the rip. He gets rocked with a straight punch. Um, decks him, he goes to the ground, like sleep status, man, he's out. So it was a surprising thing. I know most people, even though I was on Glenn to win the fight, I thought it would be by decision. That was sort of the route. I thought he would, you know, be a tactician. He was only a plus like 105. It wasn't like he was legit, you know, um, underdog here. It was pretty much a pick him, but I'm surprised a lot of people were on Silva and my thought process was, look, he did get starched in his last fight. And what happens here? What happens? Like, you know, he gets he gets super duper hurt very early on, shows the chin issue, tries to survive it, tries to get up. And the process of trying to get up, he does that like typical of like gets clocked again. And then now he just drops like a like a bag of dirty laundry and the referee comes in and stops it. And so for Glenn, for Ricky, my boy Ricky Bobby who like after the fight they asked him hey man do you want to like you know what's in the future for you like what are you thinking you know da 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 you know like when do you want to fight again he's like uh i'm, I'm ready right now um if somebody right here i think his exact words were i'm ready whenever if someone wants to get it like they can get it right now as in like if someone wants to call out next few fights or something you need a replacement someone gets sick in the locker room i'm right here dog so <laughs> He had this real blue collar attitude, which I really appreciate. And I love that he got a dub because I took a stretch on him. And my prelim game has been a little rough recently. And it was the case again today because went three and three here in the prelims. But anyway, Glenn with a nice, crazy early first round knockout. We'll see what's up for, for him next. For Silva, uh, man, kind of a bad look. I hadn't fought since 2019. So here we are two years later. It's like... He gets knocked out every two years. So what's going to be next? A two-year break and then maybe get starched again? Yeah, not a good look. We'll see what happens with him, if uh, anything at all. I'm not sure if his contract is up. Is he someone that could be eligible to be cut? You know, he was the guy who won, like, the best body of the night. Like, you know, came in chiseled. Looked like he was out of a some kind of a Greek, you know, Greek god, you know, chiseled, you know, uh, statue anyway let's move on down here to the first fight of the night and this felt great because i was on casey o'neill i thought she would win some things really panned out exactly the way that we thought it would at least in this fight because not every fight worked out this way on this card but bottom line first round they come out 
Laura's landing the better strikes. Laura actually has Casey's head snap back. One good time for sure, but Casey's head like was like, I mean, it was like a Pez dispenser. Her head went like way back. But ultimately, Casey takes the shots, doesn't really get hurt, but Laura's landing the cleaner shots. The fight stays on the fight. The fight stays, I'm sorry, on the feet the entire first round, which I thought was a, not a good move for Casey. She talked about that post-fight, which I'll get to later on. So anyway, after round one, I thought Laura won round one. That, to me, seemed to be pretty clear. And I'm thinking, all right, no one got hurt, but she landed the better strikes. Casey wasn't really using whatever reach she might have. Her kicking game was like, eh, whatever. Um, round two comes out, and you see that Laura, she has a cardio issue. Something happens. She just slows down. It's not like Casey hurt her. She just starts to slow down. You know that posture of, like, backing up, starting to get those long, stretchy arms, looking to just hold up you know, punches, don't have a lot to throw back. That happens, and then Casey does exactly what we thought she could do. It wasn't a guarantee, but she gets her down to the ground, and when she gets Lara down to the ground, Lara gets a top control position, side control, and you see it. You get a great view of her beautiful Venom shorts and those nice thick thighs that she has and that thick bottom she's got. And she's putting that weight and not allowing Lara to move. She dominates the second round on the ground. Does a little bit of damage. It's not great. I felt like at times maybe Casey was being either a little fatigued and didn't have enough to like separate and throw a few elbows. She did just enough, but she wins second round for sure. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so, you know, all right, you move on to uh, you move on to round three. Round three comes out and. Casey gets her back to the ground. You know, she knows where her butter is being breaded. I'm sorry, where her bread is being buttered. She goes to the ground, gets her down there. But then she does some stuff you don't expect. She actually is moving to different submission positions. She's getting to the back of Laura. You know, Laura's, I think, a black belt BJJ, you know, uh, mixed martial art fighters. She's very accomplished in BJJ. She knows how to defend herself. But I think, and if you were on Laura to win, you know what I'm talking about. Round one, she clearly wins round one. And I'm watching round one thinking, damn it, you know, come on, Casey. I thought she would be better than this. I thought you'd get her to the ground. But Casey showed some patience. You know, round two, she comes out, dominates, gets her to the ground, shows better cardio. Round round three does the same exact thing. And Laura, man, it's like Laura was preparing for just a one-round fight. It was the cardio that prevented her from getting out of those clinches in this third round, getting off the ground. Casey showed good poise, ends up getting a rear naked choke. Um... And that choke happens because she gets in the back of Laura. Laura stands all the way up. She's on her feet now. And here she's being backpacked by Casey. Casey digs in that, you know, forearm and that rear naked choke. Now Laura falls back to a knee. And then actually, it was an exciting first fight of the entire night um, of all the, you know, fights in the card. She actually puts Laura to sleep. Laura's eyes are open, so that was a little creepy. But Laura's asleep. You know, the, the, the official comes in, ref comes in, you know, breaks it up, stops it. And at that point... You know, Casey's getting up, and Lara's completely limp. Her eyes are open. She's completely limp. You know, the ref is there to try to help her out. But super impressive win for Casey O'Neill. I don't think it's because Lara's like this amazing, amazing prospect. But it's women's MMA. If you're getting a submission, a finish, knockout, anything of that nature, she's 7-0. Like, if UFC wants to put her up against, like, a really good prospect or either, I'm sorry, a really good contender, they could because she's got that 7-0, they could hype her up. If they, <coughs> excuse me, match her up against someone else who's kind of like still in the same, I guess, vicinity as her in terms of the same caliber, that 7-0, she's going to get a big bump. She'll probably be like a minus 300 or something crazy, but 
Got to watch that. There's still a few areas of her game, especially if you bet it against her. You saw those areas. She took some hard jabs in the first round. She had her head popping back and forth like a peasant Spencer. There were some issues there. So, you know, um, she has some things that she needs to do to shore it up. But anyway, we were on Casey O'Neill, so that was a nice pick. I didn't expect her to finish the fight, though. I think most everyone was thinking that it was going to be a distance fight where we go to the scorecards. So anyway, we're on Casey O'Neill. That was a nice W. That felt good. And if you were on that fight as well, you know, she was a um, she was a plus 135. So I wouldn't call that like a full-on dog. That was more of a pick But it was nice. She goes to 7-0. She, she definitely did her job, and it was a nice win. So Okay, so that wraps up UFC Vegas 29. The Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. And overall, for the bouts um, in total, there was 12 bouts. In terms of the winners or losers, we went 7-5. and five. Uh, The ones we got wrong were Vera versus Grant. We were on Grant, and he came up short there in the main card. And the second fight we got wrong on the main card was Lima. Lima got starched there by uh, the old man, Matt Brown. So... In the prelims, we've got uh, we got the Kamor fight wrong. That was a weird one. That was close. Could have gone either way. The the non point taking situation is what it is, right? Um, and then we got Murata wrong. She was just dominated by Janjaroba. Janjaroba just looked like the much better fighter. Uh, shout out goes to Murata. Hopefully she gets well soon because she definitely got injured there. Uh, Semmelsberger, disappointing effort by him, but nice job by Williams. We got that fight wrong. So the ones we got right were. O'Neal off the rip. That was nice. We got Glenn winning, uh, which was a surprising KO, early KO from him. We got Parisian winning a sweaty decision there in the heavyweight fight. Uh, we had Silva as pretty much um, a pick to win, but not a pick that we bet on. We got Choi winning over Rosa, and we had Spivak winning over Atlantic. And then in the main event, we had the Korean Zombie winning. So 7-5, and five, we live to fight another day, but you know between this and between the PFL roller coaster you know uh the other night i gotta say a lot of room for improvement gotta get back down to the grind moving on to the you know to the next next the uh events coming up just gotta dig deeper gotta look here at the deficiencies where we did wrong and i think looking back the first things that pop out to me were like Kamor. man everyone was all over the nick nega maruno dude like that he wasn't gonna do it and looking back at that probably should have just been a legit dogger pass right he was plus 200. I was jumping on Kamor like everyone else. He was like minus 265. That was one of the biggest boo-boos of the night. And then Janjaroba, um, if they fought that five, five, five times, I think Janjaroba wins four out of five. Easy, maybe five out of five. Just a much better fighter. So Semmelsberger, I could kind of live with that. I think something happened there. Maybe he got a little stage fright. I, I don't, that wasn't the best version of him. Um, you know, Lima? Shit, man, I should have listened to some of those handicappers. That's probably another dogger pass. Got to be more patient there, you know. Uh, Grant with Vera, I that fight was like, you know, he was plus 170. I should have had more respect for Vera. So, yeah, yeah, there was some room there for improvement on this card. Got to do better. Moving on to the next one. Anyway, thank you for checking in here. I hope this recap was helpful for you. If you're driving home listening to this on the podcast, you know, follow our podcast, like our podcast to keep getting our episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, Please click the like button and share. That's all we ask of you. We're not selling anything. We don't have a Patreon account. No donations, please. Just like our stuff, share our stuff, post our videos, come back for more content. Um, if you were tailing us coming into this event and you took some of our betting advice and it worked out for you, woohoo! If uh, if it didn't work out for you and 
uh, it, you know, it was a loss. Oh, my gosh. My apologies. Lo siento. And Isveniti, please go ahead and put your comments uh, down, good or bad. Let us know how we're doing. And, again, thank you very much for tuning in. Peace out, and we'll talk to you soon.